inside is Pero looking for two. Doncaster straight. Can he do it again? Light up the world is getting up near the fence. But Pharo, Pharo dashed to the lead from Abbe Glenn and light up the world, followed by Aragen and Brave Warrior. But Gavin Eads goes for home on Pharo. Look at Auntie Mary. Auntie Mary out of the back. This podcast is brought to you by Racing New South Wales, Sky Racing and Pride's Easy Feed. Ask any trainer about the frustrations of having horses who won't clean up their feeds. Those horses who always leave a little more than they should. And for some strange reason, they seem to leave the most the night before they're due to race. Why not try those finicky doers on Pride's Easy Performance? A highly palatable set recipe feed that provides the right muscle fuel while promoting inner health. It's also of benefit in helping horses to recover after a tough run, a barrier trial, or a searching track gallop. Some horses have only one win in them. Others might have two or three. They've got to be happy, healthy, and fit at all times and on a feed that covers all bases. It's a good feeling for any trainer when a horse looks right and when he or she is leaving the feed bin with a shiny bottom. When the right race comes along, you want a horse who's been on a feeding regime designed to help it get to the line. Pride's Easy Performance is the complete nutritional feed for the equine performance athlete. Right at this moment, there are hundreds of young horse lovers around Australia who are captivated by the colour, the excitement and the glamour of horse racing. Television has brought the sport into great prominence, highlighting its best horses and lifting the profiles of those who train and ride them. Mind-boggling prize money for feature races and great returns right across the board have inspired budding horse trainers. For the young horse people who are not assisted by family connections, getting started is an intimidating prospect. They've got to find stabling accommodation, they've got to buy gear and equipment, but most importantly, they've got to find owners who'll give them a horse or two to train. One of those young trainers with a head full of dreams is Nathan Ensby, who trains a team of 23 at beautiful Ballina on the New South Wales Northern Rivers. Born in Casino 28 years ago, Ethan wanted to be a jockey initially, but quickly realised he was going to be too heavy and too tall. He knew, however, that his future would involve horses one way or another. For several years, he earned a living riding track work, helping out with the education and pre-training of horses and showing above-average skill as a farrier. Eight years ago, he bit the bullet. He launched his training career beginning at Casino and relocating to Ballina in 2018. And that's where we find him as he joins us on the podcast. Great to catch up, mate. Thanks for your time. No worries, John. Great to to talk. Uh, Avid listener to uh, your podcast each week and... uh... Yeah, it's a privilege to be involved in one myself. Ethan T. Ensby. It's the kind of name you'd expect to see on the office door of a London barrister. It's got a real ring to it. Yes, yeah, well, uh, I I could have made a solicitor. I can sort of talk <laughs> me way out of uh, um, <laughs> some situations, but I uh, uh, don't have the... Uh, Patience to sit through a university degree, that's for sure. (laughs) 
Well, the winners have been flowing in recent months. Ethan, March was good, six winners from ten starters, and in April you had three winners and about six placings. And that's a, got to put it into perspective, that's a tidy effort when you've only got 23 horses in the joint. Yeah, look, at uh, we we sort of had a bit of a transition um, period where a few of the sort of older horses and horses that probably weren't reaching the market sort of we we moved a few of them on, retired a few, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and we sort of went through a little bit of a lull towards the end of last year, sort of early this year, and um, – I ended up joining forces again with uh, with my sports scientist that we worked with a, a few years back, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we sort of I, I knew something wasn't wasn't quite right, so I was missing something, and uh, it took us, you know, sort of sitting down one weekend and going through absolutely everything, uh, all the data we had and, and everything to sort of um, realise what was what was going wrong and. You know, we just tweaked a couple of little things there, and um, my sports scientist said to me, "He said, look, you're just going to have to stick with this." He said, we, "You know, we've got this plan now. You got to stick with it. Mm. Don't change anything, um, and you know, wait until the." Res-. He said it could take a few weeks, but just wait until the results roll in. And mm. um, lo and behold, about six weeks later, they uh, they started to flow again, and um, yeah, we had that. Uh, March was an, uh, an outstanding month. It sort of come pretty quickly actually we we you know the horses weren't running that bad they were just sort of you know we we're missing you know one or two percent and they yeah. were getting beaten a length or two and and that's mm. you know that's where you you will get beat a length or two if you're missing that one or two percent but uh we we tidied a few things up and yeah they started to flow and thankfully cj graham come back and she's been a, an integral part of that um that success as well. She's a she's a great little rider, and um, mm. I've always had a lot of time for Siege. And you know, before her last injury, was sort of just starting to get going again. And then uh, then she had that that fall at Grafton, which put her out. But uh, as soon mm. as she came back, and she uh, she she messaged me one day and said, "Can I ride a couple of trialers for you, at Grafton?" And I and I said, "Oh, you got no idea how uh, how happy I am to know you're back." So, oh, good, good um, stuff. Yeah, was, she's a talent. Good. She's a great little talent. C.J. Graham, she certainly is. The best performer you had earlier this year, Ethan, was a three-year-old called Maximum Vortex. He won at his first two starts brilliantly. He won a Grafton Maiden by five and a half lengths. He won a Class One at Grafton by two lengths, and he really did look way above average, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Look, his his times in both of those races um, were 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 pretty slick. Um, he sort of we had a little bit of an opinion of him, but I because he had a few little issues, I'd never really let him off the bridle at home. And even in his trial, I said to Siege, just you know, see what he's got without opening him up. Yeah. Um, and he and he won the trial, obviously, and. Um, we sort of toyed with giving him a second trial and that country booster maiden come up and I thought, well, you know, stuff it. We'll, we'll just, we'll throw him in, in here and see how we go. And, you know, we, obviously when you've got a trial winner and you've got a horse with, you've got a little bit of an opinion of you, you mm. expect him to run well, but to win by five and a half was a bit of a, bit of a, bit of a mm. surprise. And that, that second start um, in that uh, class one at Grafton, um, that was an afterthought and 
had it have been a, a race that we had on our radar, he probably would have had two pieces of work going into it. Yeah. Um, whereas because it was an afterthought and it come up, you know, extremely well, it wasn't an overly strong race and there wasn't, it wasn't a big field. Um, we sort of thought, well, we're going to have to have a throw at the stumps here. Um, and he still won it by three and a half, but he, you know, CJ said he, he still never got out of third gear, but um, yeah. he, he, you know, was able to do that, you know, underdone sort of, so yeah. to speak. So yeah. it was, uh, yeah, he's a pretty exciting little horse. It just uh, mm. all come a little bit soon in that highway the other day. But um, I was going to anyway, say, you brought him to Rose Hill for the Tab Highway early in June. He finished way back. All the evidence pointed to a displacement of the soft palate during yeah. the race. I had a horse, a pacer I was training a few years ago, Ethan, with the same problem. Nothing will pull him up quicker than a soft palate displacement. No, look, you know, if you, if you watch all these races, he's never been – you know, never had any argy-bargy or anything like that. It was, you know, they were sort of pretty spread fields. he got soft leads at Grafton and um, never sort of had any horses around him. And, and there at um, Rose Hill the other day, he, he sort of copped a bit of argy-bargy and, and that's where he's sort of, you know, when he when he caught that bit of a bump, he's, he's a little a bit. bit of a mm. – Yeah, he's a little bit of a sook. Um, yeah. But uh, he's he's – He's, he's flipped the flipped the palette, but I knew, I knew we was we was going to be up against it. He, when he got down there on the on the Friday morning, he was sort of walking around the place, screaming out and carrying on. And I actually rang mm. my partner and said, "Listen, I think I think we've done the wrong thing here. I don't think he's mature mentally mature enough for this." And no. um, you know, we, we'd already gone down there. We you know, he ate up, he drank up, he did everything you know he was supposed to do. But he, he walked the box basically the whole time we were there and didn't know where um, he was. No, no, and and mm. you know, it, it sort of it was probably a a poor decision. But uh, if um, if anything comes of it, hopefully just toughens him up a bit and, uh, you know, ma it'll make him a better horse going forward. It, it definitely, you know, if we can iron this little maturity issue out with the soft palate um, issue, um, then uh, hopefully, uh, you know, we, we've definitely still got a horse there. It's just it, yeah, maturity reach that's going to bring him up. He'll reach his potential. Now, mate, yep. you estimate somewhere between 50 and 60 horses are trained on the Ballinat track. And one very interesting addition to the training ranks is Brett Kavanagh, who has the bulk of his big team at Scone, but he's established a satellite stable at Ballina. Do you see uh, Brett from time to time? Yeah, yeah, he calls in, um, pops in, doesn't like the uh, the the long life milk that uh, Phil, the track supervisor, supplies. So brings a when he pops in, he always brings a two litre of milk with him to have his coffee and. <laughs> Turns up with some biscuits, so it's a, a welcome <laughs> surprise. But uh, no, no, we see Brett a bit, um, and uh, yeah, his his staff and and um, staff who runs to join that they're lovely people and get along with them great. Owen Glue's another of the Ballina Brigade. Owen has maintained a good strike rate for a long time now. He doesn't have a lot of horses in work either. No, no, Owie uh, Owie come over um, after the second flood last year. He sort of. Um, he'd been through probably 200 floods in Lismore and said enough's enough and, and mm. come over, obviously, while the floods were on and decided to stay. So he sort of um, 
he's you know settled in really well. He's you know we go down and uh, him and Mark Gorman and I and we sort of um, of a Wednesday night we go down and have a couple of beers together and yeah, it's good. Stephen Lee's a long-term resident. Yeah, he's been here for a number of years. Um, yeah, across the road there. So now he's got oh, a few in work in town and a few out at his beach property, yeah. Mm, you've got Mitchell Fry, Andrew Pillings. They all do a good job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mitch come down from the Gold Coast last year, just before the flood, so he's, he's seen the, the worst of the place. But um, mm. uh, he, he's, I think he got a winner... Um, the other day at home here, he, and I think he had one um, not long before that. So mm. he's only got a handful in work and, and works another job. He, he, I don't know how he does it actually, but um, mm. no, he's 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 good value. And Mitch and, and Andy's only got a couple of horses in work there. So no, yeah. it's a you know it, it's a good little crew here at the moment. You're a native of Casino, and there's not a trace of racing blood in your pedigree. Neither of your grandfathers had the slightest interest in horses, while your father, Brian, has been looking after lawns and gardens for local residents in Casino for many years. No racing? No, no. Um, Pop Ensby was a greyhound man. Um, the, the Ensby's are big into the greyhounds in Casino. We've got a lot of sort of cousins and distant cousins and that sort of thing. Um, either train or own dogs and pop. Uh, they actually have a he before he passed away. That he he would frequent the the casino dogs every Friday. So they actually have a a, um, a race day in his honour every year. The the Sam Ensby Memorial Race Day. And um, funnily enough, for Mrs Ensby, who uh, was not named after any of us and not owned by any of us, uh, mm. she won the the final one year. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they uh, actually no, they might have. They they actually started the um, the Sam Ensby Day before he died, but they've now called it the Sam Ensby Memorial Day. So, mm. um, and funnily enough, I've never been to a dog meeting in, in casino. So, um, I've only ever been to a dog meeting at Lismore because I sponsored a race there yeah. uh, one night with a bunch of mates. But um, yeah, Pop uh, Schofield, I never met, but um, Mum's family were the, were riding the horses, but. Um, other than Pop being good mates with Jimmy Bottrell, who was a trainer in Casino, um, yeah. none of the family sort of had anything to do with racing um, other than no. Mum, who was the, the swabbing official. For well, she was. Years. Your mum is Carol, and uh, she worked for Racing New South Wales as a swab steward at Northern Rivers Meeting, so she knows what a head collar looks like. Yeah, no, she did that for 17 years. It's sort of um, it's not a very glamorous job by any stretch of the imagination, but... Mum absolutely loved it. She, um, mm. you know, she she thrived on going to work. She uh, she loved the people she worked with. She loves working with horses, obviously, and um, she, you know she's grown up with horses all her life. And um, but uh, you know, uh, like I said, it's not a glamorous job by any stretch. But for some reason, she just loved it. She just loved turning up and loved dealing. You know, talking to the to the trainers and, and obviously dealing with, you know, the stewards and that. She loved the people she worked with and loved working with the horses. So Yeah, she made a lot of um, friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. To uh, to hang out and do a job like that for 17 years, you, you know, you've got to love it. So because mm. um, it's, you know, you, you don't really make a, a huge living off it, but mm. um, 
you know, she she absolutely loved it and, and, yeah, stuck in for 17 years there. You were riding track work from a very early age for a number of local trainers, one of whom was Peter Stanley, father of the talented Justin Stanley. Peter was a good apprentice himself and he was a member of the famous Theo Green Jockey Academy. I'm sure you've heard many stories about the legendary Theo Green. Yeah, no, uh, Pete. Pete and Di were my first real bosses, um, Pete and his wife, and uh, they're like a, a second set of parents to me. I, I love Pete and Di to death, and obviously mm. Casey, their, their daughter, I've, I've you know, worked, worked with her, and she's gone on to um, to, to become a jockey. And, and Justin, although Justin had already moved to, to Brisbane and, and that by the time I'd sort of come through um, – Judd would always come down and ride a lot for Pete and Di, so I've had a, I've had a bit to do with with Justin, and obviously he's um, now mar- married to Mandy Radica, who um, she was a, a, a gun apprentice in, in Brisbane in her time too. So they're they're a great racing family, they're great people, um, and yeah, Pete's Pete's never you never hear Pete tell the same story twice, and he's got a, plenty of stories about his days in Sydney and with Theo and. The boss he used to call him and uh, and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, and no, I've heard plenty about uh, even though it was long before my time, I've heard plenty about Theo Green and uh, mm. yeah, um, sort of through Pete. So no, he's, uh, they're great people. The, the Stanleys over there in Casino, they I, I yeah I owe a lot to them and and Tommy Pratt. So yeah, great. From a very early age, you've been able to generate an income around horses you'd ride track work and then you'd go and work young horses for local trainers during the day or you'd trim feet for different trainers to to use a very old cliche you could always get a quid yeah look i i when i was younger um i just i used to go like i was a bit of an energizer bunny i'd just go and go and go and go i've slowed down a little bit now i know that Probably sounds stupid, only being twenty-eight, but um, you sort of uh, you learn that um, you got to pace yourself a little bit. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I used to ride work in uh, Lismore and Casino. I'd, I'd drive to, to Lismore first and road track work for um, the likes of uh, Peter Youngbury um, when he had a, a pretty decent-sized team over there. I think he used to have about fifteen in work, and there was only sort of him and. Um, Lee, he's uh, one of his owners. She used to help him out, and mm. um, and then uh, Johnny Hughes. Um, uh, you know, uh, every now and then I'd ride some for a couple of the other trainers over there, but primarily I sort of just rode for for Johnny and um, mm. Johnny Trevor Wells um, and uh, and Pete Youngbury. But then I'd come home and and ride work for um, you know a number of trainers in casino, and then once I was finished there, I'd I'd go and help Pete and I finish up in the stables and, and that sort of thing and then I'd go mm. off and I'd either go and ride breakers and pre-trainers and stuff at Pat Randall's or I'd go, uh, you know, I used to have a few little trimming and chewing jobs around the joint that I, I did. I was sort of <laughs> self-taught and then I'd, yeah. you know, if I'd, I'd, I'd finish them and I'd go back to the stables again in the afternoon. So that was when I left school. Obviously, when I was at school, I'd mm. um, I'd just work in the stables for Pete and I in the morning and, and then um, – and and when I finished school, I'd be back there of an afternoon. So, hmm. but yeah, when I left school um, and and moved back, uh, like after doing a bit of time in Ballina, and I moved back to Casino. That's what I did. I sort of hmm. just didn't didn't stop most of the time. And uh, yeah, I can you can you can make a quid 
doing it, but um, a lot of it was cash in hand, so mm. there was no such thing as going and getting a loan to buy a car, so everything you, had, <laughs> you bought you had to save up for. So <laughs> I wouldn't be broadcasting the cash in hand fact, mate. We'll move on now. When it was yeah. time to get some money together to kickstart your training career, you had to call on the reserves of a trust fund in which a handy inheritance from your great-grandmother had been deposited. It was lying in wait for you. You were a very lucky young bloke. Yeah, um, Grandma Collison left all of us great-grandchildren $5,000 each in a, in a trust fund mm. um, when, when she passed away. And um, my grandmother obviously handled the the affairs of her family and all the great grandchildren in in her her family because she's got a sister and unfortunately her, her brother passed away he didn't have any kids or anything like that but um, mm. he passed away before Grandma Collison but um, Grandma Collison left us all five thousand dollars each and uh, Grandma Collison died when I was only very young and mm. uh, it was stipulated that that nobody was to get their um, their their inheritance until they turn 21 and and Mm. thankfully my uh my grandmother put our um our share of it into um separate trust funds that were interest bearing Mm. um so mine sat in there for and i I got mine early obviously to be to be able to get my trainer's license but Mm. um Took a bit of arm twisting, I'll tell you, but um, <laughs> I got it early, and uh, but mine had sat in there for the best part of you know ten or twelve years. So Ooh, it I, had doubled. I, not quite, not quite, <laughs> but uh, I did dip into it to buy me me stock horse pony. I was I was hell bent on getting into camp drafting, and I found this stock horse pony locally for sale, and yeah. bought it for two and a half grand, and it couldn't chase a cow to save itself, but. <laughs> <laughs> found out he was a very good show jumper, so I oh, uh, went down that path instead. But yeah, I, I yeah. probably it, it all it had it almost doubled, but um, yeah, it uh, didn't take me very long to spend it. I'll give you the tip. Now, Ethan T. Ensby, time's on the wing, mate, and there's a lot I want to ask you about. So let's move on. The first horse you ever owned was a gelding called Floral Nomad. You bought him off Stephen Lee, and you gave him to Peter Stanley to train. Peter was actually the trainer when he won his maiden at Casino in 2014 with young Casey Stanley riding, but you were the owner. Yes, yep. Um, a couple of his owners, um, when he was at Steve's, had stayed in him. I think I think there was four of them. I think it might have been two two husbands and their, and their wives um, mm. stayed in for about 10 or 15%. And then uh, my best mate... We grew up together. He, he moved in across the road from us at home there when we were about five and mm. and uh, we're the same age. I, I put him in the horse and never charged him any training fees or anything like that because mm. Pete and I said, you, you know, you, you supply the feed and um, pay for the pay for the stable rent. And, oh, what um, a good deal. Yeah, basically work for, work for um, you know, next to nothing. Not nothing, but next to nothing. And, uh, you know, that all sort of work its way out and um, – and uh, yeah, so we we owned. I I think I had about eighty or eighty five percent of him. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, there was those were the other owners. But yeah, no, he won the maiden at casino. I think he sort of 
I had one horse before that. Um, she had five starts for five second last, and when we bought Floral Nomad, um, he had a start. I, I just can't remember where it was, and he, I think yeah. he runs second last, and I, I, I raced both of them in my colours, the colours that I still have today, and, and mm. I was starting to think that maybe those colours were jinxed, and I was ready to <laughs> chuck them, but uh, when he, he came out and run second last, but... Um, yeah. Thankfully, uh, I think it was his second start for for us. We we took him to a non tab at, at home there and over fourteen hundred and yeah. and yeah, he won. Well, it was nine months later before he won in your name as trainer. It was a restricted race on a heavy track on the Gold Coast. Your old mate Jason Taylor was the jockey, and you thought you were Bart Cummings. Yeah, I I um, the whole way up there, I wanted to to scratch him because I didn't think he could run on a wet track, and I'd had some transport difficulties having my horse float the day before was written off, so I had to borrow horse floats from um, all over the place just to get him there, and I couldn't afford the scratching fee, so I didn't I didn't want to scratch him. I was hoping they'd call the meeting off, but anyway, we got there and they didn't. And uh, anyone, I told, I, yeah, and I gave Jason a, a ton of instructions, told him not what not to do. He did everything I told him not to do, and it still won. So he proved me to be completely wrong, but uh, it was a very welcome surprise. <laughs> Now, Ethan, your favourite horse back in those early days, and I'm sorry to bring up a sad occasion, was Viterbo Star. He won for you at Grafton and Tamworth. He ran plenty of placings before you decided to bring him all the way to Rose Hill for a tab highway, in which he broke down hopelessly. And that's when you got your first taste of the bitter disappointment that racing can bring from time to time. Yeah, look, he was a lovely horse. Um, absolute, just an absolute gem of a horse to deal with. Um, I think I rode him um, every piece of his track work. Uh, I think Jade, my partner, might have trotted him around the, the round yard to, to learn how to ride in a pad when we were teaching her to, to ride track work. And I think other than her and maybe one of my best mates used to ride work for me, um, Cubby Wilson, he might have rode him one day, but other than that, I'm pretty sure I rode him his whole basic, basically his whole racing career. Yeah. I look back now on 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 the horses he used to compete against, and I I go, you know, like he's run second to some pretty handy horses and stuff, and and that day he won at Tamworth, like he just went past them while they were tied to the running rail, and and mm. and Rachel never even touched him with a stick, and he he went into that highway absolutely outstanding. There was no reason. To, to 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 doubt him really I, I thought we were in it with a really really good chance and, and it was just an absolute freak accident and um yeah one uh, the hardest day I reckon I've had in my life because it was like, it was like leaving my, a, a child behind oh, like, I yeah, don't have kids yeah. but he was uh, he was just that lovely a yeah. horse mm. yeah you know never forget that day your fiance your best mate and your chief track work rider is the lovely Jade Cole, whose contribution to your outfit is very significant. Let's go back a bit. You first met Jade when you were both competing in pony club, so you've known her for a long time. Like you, she'd been around horses all of her life. Yes, yes. She comes from a, a very sort of long line of uh, um, horse people, her her. Grandfather on her father's side um, 
used to he he held a dual license. He trained trotters and gallopers, and don't quote me, but I think he might have trained a derby winner somewhere in New Zealand. Um, yep, yep, yeah. Um, and her uncle, um, by marriage, yes. is uh, is Barry Purden, the um, Hall of Fame champion trotting trainer. So um, a man who's trained more than two thousand winners, by the way, Ethan. Yes, yeah, I didn't, I didn't understand the enormity of of mm. Barry when we sort of when I first met Barry and, and Katrina, and mm. I sort of it wasn't until a, a conversation with Cav in the in the in the trainer's hut one day he sort of he said Are you talking about the Barry Purden? I went well, well I guess so I, I don't mm. know any others and he said you you, you don't realise how big he is do you oh, I said, yes, oh, yeah. not really <laughs> his big race <laughs> but, uh, record is, and and Barry's wife Katrina is Jade's legitimate auntie. Yeah, biological, Arnie. Yep, yep. That's yeah, it. Yeah, wonderful. Now, you've probably forgotten about uh, the move you made when you spotted Jade one day in the horseland shop at Lismore where she was working. You saw this very attractive blonde serving customers and you immediately put your strategy into operation. Did it work straight away? Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. It, it cost me a lot of money. I uh, I have a lifetime supply of pointless horse equipment. Um, I hoof picks and uh, scrapers and <laughs> horse gloss shampoo and you name it. Because I every time I was in Lismore, I made a point of going to Horseland to see if she was working to try and talk to her. And uh, to 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 be able to talk to her, I had to buy something completely pointless that I I didn't need so that she'd serve me but uh, in the end I wore her down and uh, yeah the rest is history Back to Jade's talents as a track work rider you tell me there are a few better is she a good judge of a gallop? Uh, yes, yeah no she, she's a very 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 good rider um, outstanding rider actually I, I have to admit um, I know I'm going to cop it when she hears this but uh, um, no, she's, uh, she's, she's come a long way. Obviously she's never, she'd never rode a, a, you know, track work or anything like that before meeting me. And, um, you know, we've, she's had to learn a lot very quickly. She actually, um, not long after we got together, I, I broke my hand and I was forking out a fortune paying track work riders. And, um, I'm not going to lie. I nearly went under, uh, it all nearly went belly up very early in my career. Mm. Um, not being able to afford to pay the track work riders and stuff after I broke my hand because I used to just do everything myself. And mm. um, she sort of come along and um, she wasn't getting enough hours at, at Horseland to sort of um, make it viable, like make a living there. And I said, well, you know, you, you're here every day. You may as well, we may as well get you licensed and, and have a go. You can ride a horse. So, you know, you, we may as well throw you in a pad and, um, you know, that's when she jumped on the Turbo Star and, and mm. we sort of taught her to ride work and, um, you know, you had to learn the hard way in casino. There's no inside running rails, no outside running rails on the sand track, so you, you actually had to learn to steer them. You couldn't just follow a white line around and mm. um, if one decided it wanted to take a right-hand turn and go darting across the show ring in the middle, then you, you went with it. But, um, you know, she's, uh, you know, she learned, learned the hard way and, you know she's she's come a long way, and yeah, I, you know, massive massive credit to to her um, 
like every every winner we've had is it's it's been a, a definite team effort between between her her parents and my parents, um, and plus our other staff. Well, the hearty so, endorsement of Jade's talents will certainly get you at least a thousand points. Stand by there, Ethan, for a moment while we clear a commitment on the podcast and we'll come back after this. Racing New South Wales and the Gosford Race Club got together to pay tribute to retiring trainer Albert Stapleford with a farewell luncheon at the Gosford meeting on June 22nd. The remarkable horseman turned 93 in May and relinquished his licence a few weeks later. Despite hearing and vision difficulties, Albert has been supervising the training of two horses in recent times and one of those horses, a mare called Dissenter, gave the veteran his 500th career training win early this year and then won again a week later. His first win as a trainer came with his very first runner. It was Renmark in a Musselbrook maiden in 1947. Who would have dreamed he'd still be training winners 76 years later? With never more than 20 horses in work, Albert has maintained a healthy strike rate and has rarely been without a good horse. His all-time favourite was Magic Albert, who won seven from 13, including a Group 2 and a Group 3, and others to win multiple races were Maitland Gold, Pecklin, Auntie Betty, Myella Prince, and Hasta La Quista. Perhaps he'll be best remembered for the huge betting plunge he engineered with Rutherford at Rose Hill in 1974. The chestnut opened at 330 to 1, and those in the know had a massive result on and off course. It was no surprise when Albert changed the name of his Gosford stables to Rutherford Lodge. Albert Stapleford, quietly spoken, polite and courteous, a friend to many and a master of his trade. His advice will be sought by young trainers for a long time yet. My special guest is Ethan Ensby from Ballina. One of your go-to race riders is Noriyuki Masuda, a native of Japan who's been in Ballina for 13 years. You tell me Nori, as you call him, has ridden more winners for your stable than any other jockey. Yeah. Um, I think just off the top of my head, he's, he's rode something like 32 winners for me. And I, I'm pretty sure that CJ Graham and Craig Franklin are the next closest um most winningest riders for our stable on six. So he's, he's definitely by far and away outdone everybody else. And um, yeah, he's, he's almost ridden half of our, our total winners, but it took him a long time to, to, uh, to actually ride a winner for us. So, you know, I, I've supported him since, since day dot. And um, we, you know, we've been friends since our days at, at Stephen Lee's and when he was an apprentice and, um, I always, you know, when when we were mates back then and I sort of decided I was going to go down the training path, I said, you know, um, I'll always support you as much as I can. I always call him bro and, and uh, you know, we, we've stuck together. We, we, we've had our we've had our differences, I'm not going to lie, but um, but for, for eight years he's, he's been a constant in our stable and, um, yeah, he's rode a, a number of winners for us and um, it, was, it was actually um, – a massive thrill to to have him win on on Echo Sunshine a, a couple of weeks back because he, he mm. he's you know we haven't CJ's sort of been getting the bulk of the rides and I haven't been throwing him uh, very many bones lately but uh, he uh, he jumped on Echo Sunshine and he rode a 
15 out of 10 ride on her and uh, the colours that he, he won on uh, uh, Jim Timmons's colours and Jim's, um, he's been with us since day dot. Um, I trained his first ever Metropolitan winner for him. In, he's about, oh, I'm, actually, I don't want to say how old I think he is because I don't want to be wrong, but mm. um, he's an older man and uh, Jim's Jim's meant a lot to, to Jade and I and we've, we've always said... Um, that forever and a day we'll always try and race a good horse in Jim's colours. And mm. I actually gifted Jim um, a share in Echo Sunshine so that he had a bit of um, interest still because we didn't have any any of his horses left, that, uh, unfortunately. So um, we gifted him a share in her and uh, raced in her colours. And it was fitting that Norrie rode his first ever Metropolitan winner and, mm. and he was able to ride the first winner on, on Echo Sunshine in those colours for us at Grafton the other day. So it was, mm. it was, it was, it meant a lot. Actually, there's a photo that. Jim's partner took and uh, I put it up on Facebook a while back and it, that photo was the three of us and it, it really did mean a lot actually, as funny as it might sound. CJ Graham's dad, Peter, who is now a dual licence holder. He's training and riding his own horses at Port Macquarie. Peter helped you along in the early days. He rode a number of winners for you. Yeah, I think he... CJ's just outrode him. I, I'm pretty sure he's rode five winners for us, but uh, a, a ton of placings. He used to have a really good association, um, actually, with with one of Jim's old horses, um, So Hot. It's first horse that Jim actually ever sent me. So um, he was a he was a good old horse of mine, So Hot, and, and uh, I'm pretty sure Pete. I know Pete won a race on him here at Ballina on a bog track. Mm. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure he might have won two on him, but. I could mm. be wrong. It might have been Jason that rode the other one on yeah. on him. But, um, yeah, Pete's rode a yeah, heap of winners for us. You were shattered just over two years ago when you lost a horse called Torrens after having won five races with him. Torrens has gone on to win another five, including two at stakes level. Um, I don't know what the circumstances were, but... Uh, he was taken from your stable, which was an absolutely devastating experience for you. But, Ethan, if it's of any help, there wouldn't be a trainer on the planet that hasn't suffered the same setback from time to time. No, that's right. Um, I sort of – it the way it all went down, um, I'm not going to lie, We it was, it was uh, very upsetting um, to find out – sort of at nine o'clock at night that the truck was turning up the next day and, and all this sort of stuff. And, and all it was was we we advised that we thought the best option was to geld the horse and um, because he'd sort of gone past the point where we thought he would be a viable stallion proposition. Um, the owner of the horse agreed, but unfortunately the, um, the leasee of the, the horse decided that uh, – um, he didn't necessarily agree with it, and uh, yeah, although we, we, you know, we tried uh, hard to, to, to keep the horse, and as anyone would, um, you know, the, the decision was was up to the lessee, and and although the owner, uh, the actual owner, and, and myself were didn't want the horse to go, and and this and that and something else, you know, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, it was it was disappointing the way it all went down. I'm not going to lie, and. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I, I gave Laurie a, a three-page document on <laughs> what yeah. we'd done with the horse and and that because I you know I didn't want to you know 
although I, I would have loved to have the horse here, I didn't. Uh, the horse meant more to me than than anything else, and I yeah, wanted yeah, to make sure that yeah, yeah, he, he had the, the best future possible going forward. So you did um, the right yeah. thing every step of the way. Now, Ethan. You're one of an increasing number of owners and trainers who are using the resources of the bi-monthly English Digital Online Auction, and three of your recent acquisitions are all by a horse called Tavachi, who stands in New Zealand. He's a son of the celebrated High Chaparral. For Tavachi is one. You got him from Joe Pride, and you won consecutive races with him recently at Grafton and Ballina. He's paid his way. Yeah, yeah. We bought him for eight grand, and um, I actually got stuck with 80% of him because um, I, I took him to Bowerville thinking I was going to give him an easy kill, and, and he didn't uh, he didn't handle the track. And Norrie rode him that day, and he came back, and he said the only time he handled the track was down the straight the first time. So mm. um, I then sort of trying to um, offload or sell shares in him um, to, to clients and that after he sort of failed at a, at a, a half tab meeting like that was, you know, I, I sort of knew I was, I was up against it. And I said yeah, to Jade, I said, well, not we, a good advertisement. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. But, uh, you know, he, he, he had a few issues and it took us a long time to, to iron them out. And he's a, at that horse is a credit to, to me sports scientist, Mitch, me, me vet, Joe, me farriers, mm. um, Josh and, and, and Dan, and, and obviously the, my whole team, because he's, he's, he took a lot of, lot of fixing up, um, which is no fault of Joe's. Um, it actually happened in the in the Moolambar race was the the main um, mm. the main problem. But um, to get him back after all of that, um, yeah, he's a, a definite credit to the to the whole team. So um, mm. yeah, he had a lot of issues. We vined them out, and uh, he's he knocked notched those two up for us. And uh, he had his first start back there on. Um, at, on Tuesday at Lismore, so it was a, mm. a great uh, first up run. Got beaten three lengths in a in an absolute blanket finish. So yeah, you were um, happy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very. Another Tavachi you've acquired is Eyes to Eye. You got him from the Richard and Will Friedman stable, and you've already won a couple with him at Lismore and Ballina, and there are more wins in store. Yeah, no, he's a lovely horse. He's a, a, an absolute. Um, He's just he's just a beautiful horse through and through. He's 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 real athletic. He's got a lot of leg under him. Um, he's got a lot of ability there. He's just got a couple of little issues that we've got to manage, but um, they're not you know not uh, too hard to, to deal with. But uh, he's he's still I I still think that he's got a little bit of a mature maturing there. Like the Kiwi horses sort of they only come good when they're four. So um, yeah, I think there's there's plenty more in store with him. That's for sure. You've got another one called Draft Day uh, from the Corston Yard in Victoria. Now, he's already won three races in Victoria, so the easy ones are gone. Yes. Um, he's. We bought him as a little bit of a project because um, when he turned up, he was sort of – you could tell he, he was he'd been in the paddock and sort of forgotten about a bit. Um but we sort of thought, well, if we can get him back to that um, that early form that he had when he won his maiden at Sandown and mm. and that sort of thing, um, and iron a few of the few little issues out, we sort of um, we had a bit of inside knowledge on him. He's um, a good risk, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, he's, I think, you know, if we can get him back to that form, 
um, up here, sort of on the northern rivers in southeast Queensland, he's gonna he'll he'll notch up a couple. That's for sure. He'll definitely pay for himself. Yeah, Ethan, uh, we're just about out of time, mate. But you've got a couple of two-year-olds there that you rather like. One is by Better Than Ready. They just run the Better Than Reddish, and you've got one by Pride of Dubai. How far off um, the races are they? Uh, Hebon Sheiky, the better than ready. She actually had her first bit of pace work back there on Tuesday. She's come back in great order. She's not over, not an overly big filly, but um, she's you know she's got a motor there. That's for sure. She was doing things early on in her um, first preparation that she shouldn't have been doing at, at that you know level of of her her uh, education and and you know she really sort of was impressing everybody um and the the pride of dubai philly dusk over dubai she she got to trial stage but um unfortunately uh went shinsaw he won cheeky suffered the same fate she went shinsaw just before her trial i had a just about ready to trial and i thought oh you know we will get to see the real he won cheeky here and uh Unfortunately, when when Shin saw the the week before, so we tipped her out and gave her plenty of time. But Dusk over Dubai, trialed up really good. Um, I was very happy with it, and uh, she obviously went Shin saw after the trial, and we we tipped her out. But uh, both of them have come back in great order. I think Dusk over Dubai has been back two or three weeks now, so she'll be a few more weeks off start and a bit of pace work. So mm. a couple of months, and we'll be back at the races with her. Well, you're only twenty eight years old. But it's probably too late to start a plumbing apprenticeship. <laughs> I've got a yes. very strong feeling you're going to be in racing for the long haul. Uh, I admire all you've done, Ethan, and uh, I have great admiration for all the young hopefuls around Australia who are giving it their best shot. Passion and hard work creates a lethal cocktail, doesn't it? Yes, and you've got to have both because it's uh, she's, a, she's a tough... Tough gig to start off in when you're young and you sort of, you know, you don't have that family connection or you don't, you haven't worked for a big name or something like that to fall back on. But, uh, um, you know, I, it's it's been tough. I'm I'm not going to lie, but uh, I don't think I'd I don't think I'd change it for quids. Good luck, mate. Thanks for your time. And as I said earlier, uh, Ethan T. Ensby is a name you'd expect to see on the door of a London barrister rather than Australian horse trainer. So you're breaking new ground there. Uh, all the best, mate. I know you've got uh, plenty of energy, plenty of drive and plenty of aspiration. You'll do very, very well. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much, John. It's a pleasure. Ethan Ensby talking to us on a podcast produced by Supernova Sound. Do any of your horses struggle to finish their feeds during a racing preparation? Have you been unhappy with the way they look on race day? Do what many other trainers do with those finicky horses and introduce them to Pride's easy performance. By stimulating their appetites with Pride's highly palatable set recipe feed, you might find they're not leaving a flake in their feed bins. Correct nutrition helps race horses to deal with the stresses of racing and training it helps them to get that elusive win when they're in the right race and most importantly, helps them to bounce back after the event. Pride's Easy Performance provides the ultimate muscle fuel to help horses get to the line while helping them to maintain inner health. Pride's Easy Performance, 
the complete nutritional feed for equine performance athletes.